and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. Um, we're back at the Elite 5 Tool Fit Baseball baseball facility. We're just going to keep rolling. Um, and I'm joined by a Division One baseball player. Yes, right? sir. Newly committed. Yes. But we just met very recently about, I don't know, I want to say maybe a month or two ago. Yeah, right? just about. Beginning of summer. Beginning of summer. And I feel like um, we connected right away. We have some similar interests, one obviously being baseball. Um, and I think others that we're going to kind of dive into in this podcast, but others like the way we think, a little bit about our faith, like kind of a higher power belief that we have, um, things of that nature, which like really connected me or draw, drew me into you. Yes, sir. Uh, and I th- and I like what initially was like you you were like questioning ha- had a lot of questions. You're very inquisitive, and you're trying to be like very insightful about the things you ask and trying to pick up a lot of information from anyone you saw. And I think that's always a cool quality for people. So you're always trying to learn, and you're like still in the midst of your baseball career. You're just about to go into like the next stage of your career, which could be pretty fucking amazing. Yes, sir. So let's uh, let's welcome Cade Brewer to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm this, excited like, to do it. The people in the background are cheering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fired up. <clears throat> but uh, before we get into all this other stuff, uh, the good stuff about you, your journey, where your faith comes from, all that stuff, I want to ask you one specific question. Yes, sir. Uh, um, I start the sa- this podcast the same way every single time mm-hmm. when I have a guest. I think this question is super important, especially between two males. I try to open up dialogue and honest conversation and really share actually how we feel. So I'm going to ask you this question. Hopefully you answer honestly if you want to, if you're comfortable enough. Yes, sir. But how are you doing, like for real, for real? Uh, at the beginning of the summer, it was, it was pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I would say that I went through probably the most uh, challenging part of my, my life up to, up to date, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I, as you know, I was a JUCO baseball player. Um, I played three years, COVID hit, and I was talking to several, you know, Division One schools. Uh, you know, I had a good thing lined up, and then all of a sudden COVID hit. Uh, these schools are telling me to wait on the draft. They're telling me to do this, telling me to do that. I sent off transcripts, and then, you know, everything just disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's like these schools either, you know, ghosted me. They, they didn't talk to me anymore. They, they said, you know, hey, maybe next year. We'll see next year. We'll see what happens with the pandemic. Um, so that was just kind of the, the start that was like the, the punch to the gut. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I was, I was in shock and excited at the same time, you know, cause like you said, we, uh, you know, we both believe in a higher power, both have our own kind of faith. And, you know, I was just trying to continue that and say, that I need to have faith. I need to trust the process. Yeah. I work too hard for something not to come out of it. And, you know, I, I get to the fall. I'm doing pretty well. Feel some things in my swings. I'm not, you know, exactly there. And, you know, I, I still did well. And Juco World, I don't know how much you know about the scheduling, but I mean, Juco. Juco, not very much. Juco, we usually don't either. Yeah, well, we usually have, it's, if you, if you play Juco baseball, you usually plan a full schedule in the fall, a full schedule in the spring. So, I mean, if you get 200 ABs in the spring, you're getting 150 in the fall. Wow. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And so, I mean, but my JUCO is kind of, kind of hardcore, (laughs) how how you could put it. 
Um, <laughs> I know that the Juco world, for anybody who's out there listening that plays Juco baseball or knows anybody in it, they're probably going to tell you the same thing. You know, it's a, a crap hole. Yeah. Um, What's, what school did you go to? I went to Hill College. Okay. So, and where's that located? In, in Hillsboro, Texas. Okay. So uh, I'm not trying to talk bad about Hill. I, I loved my experience there. Yeah. It just was added stress sure. because of the third year there. And I'm an older guy too. So like I didn't graduate high school till I was 19. So I think I told you that earlier in the summer, but because of that, I felt like my, my clock was kind of ticking a little bit faster than, than other people per se. So not necessarily, you know, that age is like, you know, bringing my competitiveness or my, my physical ability down, but it, on paper, it looks good for a coach to say, hey, you know, this guy's 18 years old. He's hitting this. He's doing that. Yeah. And then for me to be, you know, I played at, at 22 years old for my third year the entire time, which is an old age, especially at JUCO. It's like, you know, what, what coaches are really going to want to invest in me? So I felt like I had an extra bit of pressure on me to perform at a certain level, and and that really affected things right. for me so anyway the, the fall don't, don't mind the chatter in the background yeah <laughs> we're at a baseball facility still <laughs> the the fall the fall like i said was decent um we, before, wait hold on before you go any farther do you think the age kind of age added pressure is due to how society perceives that especially in the athletic world like someone reaches like 28 29 30 they're like there's no way he can keep this up anymore. He's oh, past yeah. his prime. Yeah. But in like outside of the sport world, 35, 40, 50 is super young. That's like exactly. at those points in your life, some people are just finding out what their passion is or what they're about to do. Like I just listened to a podcast earlier said at age 55, I figured out that I was I wanted to be a writer. And now at age 55 to 75, I've written 30 books. Mm-hmm. Right. But in the sports world, 55 is non-existent you know but it can be yeah. maybe not in like football baseball but like what if you want to be a cyclist at 50 oh yeah for sure right so i think that I, i'm i maybe answer my own question but is that where that came from and yeah like, um you know i just think that <clears throat> people that don't have this baseball knowledge this um sports background in general they just it's hard for them to comprehend these kind of things yeah that people are adding it's it's added stress it's um you know i i played at hill we had foreign kids i mean a lot of foreign kids Uh so and then i'm watching you know i'm watching pro baseball on tv yeah and one of the the stars is fernando tatis jr yeah he's my age right and he's making millions of dollars and and playing at you know my dream playing at that level so yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, baseball is a business, and it's a brutal business. I mean, that's, I, I know people that have played in pro ball and that are still playing in pro ball, and, and they'll tell you firsthand that, I mean, it's it's a dream to be there, but... But it's tough. It's tough, and it's a punch in the face when you get traded or, or when you get cut off a team, and and I mean, I've even dealt with that in, in select ball in high school. Right. I mean, I've had... I've had coaches just say, hey, we got a guy that's committed to this school. It's better than the school you're committed to. We're going to take him. So we're going to take him. Yeah. I mean, even though that I don't even necessarily have a chance to prove myself against that person, which in the competitive side of you and me both, I'm sure, yeah. just an athletic standpoint. And mm-hmm. 
it's you know i i want to fight for my spot i don't want it to just be taken up with with no reasoning yeah yeah like if i if we're battling out for a spot and we go hand in hand and you outplay me and outperform me you know i might still be a little salty about it but at Mm. least there's a reason that i can get behind exactly know that this is why it happened and then go back to work on those specific areas but if it's just like Mm, this guy yeah like what that doesn't teach anyone anything no you know so yeah absolutely okay go back to before i interrupted you go back to where you were at yeah so uh fall fall was decent um christmas break i i got to spend you know time in in here i got to my so i gonna need to go back again one step <laughs> okay we we do this thing called leg program yeah. so it's a very at hill yes it's yeah, a very I, intense I about this um, high rep, high weight. Uh, I, I think it's crazy. Mm-hmm. We, I've done it for three years though. So I can say, <laughs> I can say I'm a survivor of it. Um, I blew out a hip flexor because of it. There we go. But, and you're a catcher. And I'm a catcher. So, uh, probably that, got pretty strong legs to begin with. Yeah. That didn't help. Um, I basically spent the entire Christmas break, uh, working out with Scott Reed. Um, yeah, not, he's been on the pod. People know. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily. Not necessarily with him, but, you know, around getting advice and then towards the end of Christmas break working out with him. And I, I saw massive, uh, you know, just gains in, in overall strength yeah. over that Christmas break. And I was super pumped because I was like, man, even all it just felt like setback after setback almost. Yeah. And it's like uh, 22 years old, third year at Hill College, like setback. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best fall that I could have asked for and not as many games because of COVID. We right. only played like 12 or 15. Uh-huh. We usually play 30. So not even half. Yeah. And, you know, setback. Then hip flexor, setback. And it's like I my goal was to be committed by the fall. And I didn't. So it's setback. So it's like all these things is boom, 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 happening, piling on top of me. And then, you know, um, my my parents are always loving and supporting of me. And so that helped. But it's also. Hey, Dave. That's, that's also a thing to where it's like uh, just me being prideful. It's like I want to make I want to make them happy, too. And so it's like my goal is to be committed by the fall. That didn't happen. Mm. Like that's a disappointment. But I know that it's not. That's a but personal in, opinion only, yeah, right? Not they're correct. expressing that to you. No, 100%. It's my personal opinion. And it's just me some like striving for something greater yeah. that I didn't get to achieve. Mm. And so that hurts. But... Um, Spring happened, and and spring was just brutal. I mean, it was bad. I uh, couldn't find my swing. Um, you know, I had I had one offer in early spring, and in hindsight, thank goodness I didn't take it. But um, you know, I, I had like a full ride to UIW, mm-hmm. and that was a, a fantastic offer. I just was trying to hold out and give myself a better opportunity to go to somewhere else that I really wanted to go to. Right. That's where that faith plays in. Yeah. And, and your uh, abilities and, and I ended up getting all the way down to batting like 176, which for the baseball, non-baseball people around here. Sorry. I'm a huge Star Wars fan also. That was, was my, like, what is that? That was my ringtone. It's Darth is that Vader. Your, your texting sound is yes. Darth Vader? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So. I'm so glad that happened. <laughs> 
Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I got all the way down to batting like 176, something like that. I mean, so which for is, the non-baseball people who listen, that's not good. No, it's terrible. That's tough. <laughs> so You're having a rough go at it. Yeah, and we didn't have much season left, and I kept on having people that are just like, you know, like screw it, dude. Like just go out there and have fun. Go out there and have fun. And you hear that all the time, and it's honestly the best advice you can hear. Mm-hmm. But just with how my mindset works and how it's like so competitive so driven i i'd put in all this work i i know i'm gonna see the results it was just like you know one blow after the other seeing it not happen and so finally i don't really know all i can tell you some of the contributing factors it was is me being more open with my family it was Mm -hmm. me being more open um with my girlfriend who Mm -hmm. i talked to you about Uh, i mean she's just an amazing supportive loving person also to me and she's also a college softball player so she's going through the exact same thing she understands it so it's just a a, you know my my parents didn't play college sports so right they but my dad was a pro golfer so that's i mean it's a little bit different but yeah my dad definitely knows the competitive side my grandpa same time of mindset yeah my grandpa coached forever he he played some pro basketball um other grandparents were swimmers yeah I mean, athleticism is in my family, competitiveness is in my For family, sure. but it's just a different connection when it's baseball, softball. Yeah. You know, she's going through the exact same thing. So opened up with her, opened up with my brother, who's honestly probably my biggest influence. Sorry about that again, Darth Vader. <laughs> but, uh... It's going to make me laugh yeah. every time. Okay. And, uh, and he, he played college baseball too. Okay. But he was a pitcher, so he went through the same kind of things. Uh, just on the on the pitching side of baseball, and then I read uh, Green Light by Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey, and I'll tell you, I I loved it. I yeah. I listened to it on audio actually, mm-hmm. um, which was cool because I got to. I mean, he added extra commentary. It was his voice reading it to me. You know, awesome. Well, that book kind of inspired me to you know that book is. Compro- or composed of his journals right so throughout his life it's it's just like little excerpts of of his journal entries and he'll say you know like you know july 4th 2001 this happened uh-huh. whatever but so that that kind of inspired me <clears throat> and i was trying to really really reach out in my faith and i was i was trying to say like you know god this is the lowest point in my life like i don't i don't know what to do you know like i'm I'm going, trying to strive for this Division One dream of mine, trying to reach this goal, and I'm batting 176. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting benched now, which has never happened. Right. Um, because I know that my defense can play. I mean, I, that's never been a struggle of mine, and I know that my offense can too. But it's like all of a sudden, now my offense is down. Now I'm getting benched. Now I'm having my coaches kind of get in my butt a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I'm I'm used to that. I can take a you know, a butt chewing here and there, but it's demoralizing because of, it's like just all these things happening and, and this goal is getting further and further out of sight. And so the only thing I knew was to reach out to people and ask for help from my faith and ask for help from God. Yeah. And that green light book, you know, honestly kind of spoke to me. Did it spark it? It sparked it. So you already reaching out to people beforehand or thinking that I need to 
you know, regroup my mindset or reach back and I actually, I actually read, book. I read the book first and then, and then it happened and then it kind of kicked. Yeah. Usually that's how it goes. Like yeah. something has to like jumpstart something or ignite something in you that you already knew was inside of you. Mm -hmm. Right. Something you already knew you had, but something outside of you saying, okay, now it's time to look inside. Exactly. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, and my dad, so the book along with my dad is mm. what I'd say and my brother, dad and brother. They both were just like, you know, basically telling me the same thing. Like, you have the ability, you have the drive, you ha you've put in the work, you just have to let it play. Mm. And, and you have to, and my dad always says, you know, like clear the mechanism. You gotta clear your head. You have to just let what your body knows it can do, do it. Trust. And so, yeah, have trust and have faith. And so that kind of sparked it. Well. Basically, after I read the book, I bought um, uh, my own journal off of Amazon, like literally within the next couple of days. And so I started writing in that and I just wrote down basically saying one of my dreams and I've wanted my entire life mm -hmm. because of my dad, because of my brother, the great influences they are on me and, and my grandparents, the, the impact they had on me as a child Right. is I just, you know, one of the goals I'm looking forward to in life is being a father. So, and that was one thing that Matthew McConaughey talks about in his book is that was the only thing in life he knew he truly wanted to do was be a father. Be a dad. So, in this, in this journal, I wrote down on the first page kind of saying, you know, I want this to be a tool for not only me, but I want it to be a tool for my, my children in the future yeah. to be able to look back and, and read and see, and see me at my lowest point because I was very prepared to write down and open up about you know, this low point in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and if, I, if I can get through that low point and, and document it in real time, and for my kids, you know, one day if they're ever going through any type of struggle, that they can go back and read and see how low I was and how I crawled out of it or how, you know, something I did, something I prayed about, something, you know, that influenced me, helped me. Hopefully that can be a tool for them to use in the future one day too. Yeah. So I, I basically wrote that in my own words on the first page and I, I just said I, I want this to be a tool of faith and I want this to be, you know, a tool of, of uh, reaching out for help. Yeah. So... I, I just started writing in it, and I just started writing, you know, all the crap I was going through. I, I started writing <clears> down, um, you know, I, start, I was like, I'm batting 176, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, you know, no schools are talking to me, I don't know what to do. And then on the flip side of that, which I've talked to you about a lot, is I started uh, just claiming things over my life, which yeah. I've always been a very goal-oriented person anyway. Like, I have a dry erase board in my room, dorm room, and, uh, you know, I, I wrote down, you know, like, I want to I wanna bat this for the season. I want to hit this, this many home runs. I want to I wanna squat this much. I want to bench this much. I want to uh, read a book. Yeah. You know, even, even small things. I even wrote down uh, one month, I even wrote down, make my bed every day. And mm. it's funny because I saw your, your Instagram post about that the other day. Yeah. I liked it. It's, um, you know, make your bed in the morning and you've already accomplished one thing. Three things to change your life. Yes. So 
I mean, I, and, and I did. And so writing those things down in, in that journal, finding scriptures that would, that would help me claiming, claiming success, claiming um, just me being prosperous, me being faithful, uh, just hedges of protection around me, uh, just my faith in general. Yeah. And just claiming these things over my life and not only claiming them, but believing that it'll happen. Yeah. And, you know, I know that life happens and, and sometimes things don't work out. Sure. But at least, at least I'm trying is, is my deal. And yeah. at least I'm having faith in the right things. Just got to keep showing up. Yeah. So basically, long story short, I, I ended up uh, coming out of that in the spring pretty soon after that, mm -hmm. which happened later than what I liked it to. But it, was, it did happen. But it did happen. Um, I ended up batting like 295. Just so you know, it happened at the perfect time. Yes. I ended up batting 295 in conference, which isn't terrible, but it's not we'll what I it. wanted. We'll take it. Uh, I batted like 270 overall, Okay. which uh, is still a little bit lower, but it's not bad. Um, and then, you know, school ended and I still had nowhere to go. Yeah. And I just... School ended what month? Your May. season ended in May. Yeah, May. Okay. Early... I think it was like May May 8th was our last game, actually. May okay. 8th. And so season ended, and we didn't even make regional. So we, you know, packed it up and went home May 8th, and I, I had no idea what I was going to do. So... What was your initial thought there? Was it, uh, I'm for sure going to play baseball somewhere, or this could potentially be my last game at a, at a, at a high level ever? Uh, I would say that, Earlier in the season, that, that thought came across my mind where mm -hmm. it was going to be the last game, but late, I knew something was going to happen. Yeah, you had like an intuition, some yeah. gut feeling that there was going to, chips were going to fall your way. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. And it, it's just, it was just, uh, my confidence just changed, mm -hmm. you know, after, after doing and taking those steps that I was just talking about. It's, it's those things changed and different things happened in my life. Yeah. And it's like I'm having more confidence when I'm in the box. Yeah. Uh, talking to my friends even, it's just like I feel a little bit happier. I yeah. feel a little bit lighthearted. I feel like back to my normal self. Usually I'm a super social person. I mean, usually all my friends come over to my room to hang out and talk. Yeah. I mean, that's just there's not much to do at a junior college than, than, than hang out, than with, hang your, out. with your friends. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I started to feel more like myself. And honestly, after that game and during that game, I just – you know, I knew something was going to happen. Hmm. Uh, you know, is it the Division One deal I was looking for? Uh, at that time, I didn't know, and I didn't really care. But, you know, it ended up working out how it did. And, and now, uh, early, early June, I ended up committing to the University of Houston, which is huge. Fucking awesome. And uh, my dad's from Houston, and so he's always told me that he's like always just kind of had thought in the back of his mind that one of his kids was going to go play at either Houston or Rice, and yeah. Rice was talking to me, and they're the ones that dropped off during COVID. Okay. So that was kind of ironic, too, I guess, that it was one school that my dad thought about, you know, left. And then the next school that my dad almost forgot about, but always knew exists. Yeah, came and, right. and took a chance. So uh, I, I even I just kept on kept on working out, and I I took the initiative because you know 
I believe that, you know, God can perform miracles. I believe that, um, you know, faith is a real thing. And, but he also gives us this ability to take action on it. Exactly. So, you know, you can have faith all you want, but if you just sit around, nothing's going to happen. You got to do the work. So, and that's something that my dad is, and well, my grandparents, I've just had a whole bunch of really good male role models, Sports honestly. Is really, yeah. So, I mean, they're just saying, you know, you just got to keep on being persistent mm-hmm. and keep on doing the hard work that you're putting in and something's going to pay off eventually, whether it's the exact thing you want or something that you never saw coming. So I literally emailed probably 80 to 100 schools easily. And I just copy and pasted the same email. I didn't even, I didn't even care if they needed a catcher or not. I was just yeah. going back and forth. And a couple of days later, my head coach at, at Hill texts me and he's like, hey, Houston just called me, um, trying to talk you up for him, you know, whatever. And I was like, I was like, no way that they, cause they, they hit me back on email Yeah. and they're like, Hey, if, if you have some video, you know, send it our way. So I sent them video. I didn't really think anything of it. I sure. didn't, I was just kind of sitting there on my computer. I was like, Oh, Hey dad, Houston, email me. I'm going to send him video real quick. And I wasn't trying to get my hopes up or anything, but I just kept on, you know, working out here, hitting, uh, I was about to start my summer league, that kind of stuff. And, um, then all of a sudden my head coach at Hill calls me and tells me these things and he's like they should be calling within the next day or two well like a week passed i was like gosh damn i i hope they call i hope they call and then all of a sudden uh coach rooney over at the university of houston calls me and he's like hey i've heard all these great things about you from not only your coach hill but other coaches in your conference which my conference is stacked if also the people out there listening if you don't know what uh, Region 5 Junior College Baseball is. It's like the the best junior college baseball you can play in the U.S. So um, McLennan just won the World Series, and they're in our conference. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm talking probably, I'm pretty sure they're creeping up on over 100 draft picks within the last, like, 30 years oh, or something shit. like that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Wow. So, I mean, we have Grayson, McLennan, uh, Weatherford, Temple, all these big names that you always hear about in the yeah. baseball world, they're in our conference, and, and apparently these schools were talking to Houston saying, you know, somehow, some way, I, you know, left a mark wherever I played. For sure. And so he's like, hey, these coaches are recommending you. Um, I loved your video. You know, we need an older JUCO guy to come in, which was hilarious in my opinion, because I was like... That's something you were super worried about. Yeah, now, I was like, well, now positive. I'm old. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> and, now something the baseball people world. are looking for. Yeah, which like how was that crazy. Works out. Which was crazy. How that works out. And he's like, we need an older JUCO guy with experience to come in and take over our pitching staff and, and be a leader. And they're starting catcher for the past four years. Kyle Lovelace, he said, was either going to get drafted or enter the portal. He entered the portal. Um, another guy that kind of played behind Lovelace has entered the portal also. So as far as I know, they're left with a freshman and and me and probably a high school kid that they're bringing in. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's massive opportunity for me. All I got to do is show up and, and sure. play like I know I can play, and I'll, I'll succeed. So it just... It just, you know, 
all these stars kind of aligned for me and it was just this huge relief all this weight came off my shoulders you know i felt at peace the whole time i felt at peace after may 8th after that last game it was just weird it was like in my opinion it was just you know god saying hey it's okay something's gonna happen right so i just you know trusted the process trusted the hard work i put in and and all of a sudden you know this opportunity comes up and and now i'm going to continue to you know live my dream yeah. play play division one baseball and play division one baseball for a, a good school a historically awesome school amazing so yeah because they when they called you right they invited you out to a tryout as well right yeah so yeah they a, told me to come do a workout um try out uh talk about talk about that yeah so it was about a week a week and a half after the first phone call we we talked several times in between that but they told me to come out and they're like hey come out there's going to be some some guys that are already committed here from high school might be a couple other juco guys we just want to see you work out in front of us so i uh was pumped my dad was supposed to come with me he ended up having like big conference stuff that he had to go to so my dad's awesome he he bought this like uh the hotel on campus the like cougar hotel or whatever mm-hmm. it is uh got me a room in there the hotel was sweet got there a day before got there on a tuesday the the war or the workout was on a wednesday mm-hmm. and i just you know prayed with my parents over the phone um prayed with my girlfriend over the phone that night and i think that you know everybody was just in agreement and it was just weird because i had that same sense of peace it was just like there was no doubt in my mind that i was about to just go off the next day and it was and my swing still hadn't been feeling 100 percent. yeah and i was just like screw it i know i'm gonna hit and i got there and the first thing that we did was bp and i was just launching balls so um i mean i was i was hitting home runs with wood bat i was hitting home runs with metal bat um peppering you know all all sides of the field and you know i just had really good pop times my arm was felt crazy strong that day i felt like i was throwing like lasers down to second uh we did like a controlled inner squad the only thing i was worried about that i did that i thought i didn't do well was hit true opposite field during that bp session and then it just so happened the very first pitch in this controlled inner squad that they did which was like the the coach throwing basically a little bit faster than bp speed to us with the live defense sure and i just smoked a double right over the right fielder's head and it was a laser beam and i was just after i hit that i was like there's no way i'm not going here yeah (laughs) and uh they took us around like this tour of their brand new facility which was crazy man a juco guy i've yeah. never seen anything like that i right. had to, i had to buy my own stinking jersey at my juco <laughs> like uh and then they're taking me around this like multi-million dollar facility and left field and there's like mannequins with jerseys on them and and this crazy locker room with like playstations and a nutrition center where they have oh, all yeah uh, they have a weight room upstairs. Of course. Whole, and they have a... Got to get your buff and fluff in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a golf simulator up there. They're like, we want our guys to just be able to come in here and have fun and relax. And I was like, I suck at golf, which is surprising because my dad's a golf pro. Right. Or was a golf pro. But, you know, that sounds sweet. So uh, the head coach, uh, Coach Whitting, kind of pulled me off to the side. And he was like, 
hey, we loved everything we saw. You're going to get a phone call from Rooney tonight. Uh, you know, thanks for coming out. And I, you know, as soon as I got out of, you know, earshot of the facility, I called my dad and I was like, I was crushed like, it. They're calling tonight. Uh, I just hit so many bombs during BP. Like, <laughs> it was nuts. And uh, I was like, I wish you could have been here. And, you know, I can just hear the almost bringing up tears and happiness in his voice. And it was just that that was like the other sense of peace. And it was like heartwarming. And I was like, man, you know, he's so proud. He's so happy. So uh, he ended up calling me that night and asking me for transcripts and, and called me the next day. And I committed. So it was huge. Yeah. So I'm, I'm great now. I'm great. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely a rough patch. I love how that one question, I only asked you one question. Yeah. I've been talking for 30 minutes. That it, that's where it <laughs> led. That's so great. Yeah. Right. But that's what the, that's the point of that question. Like if, cause we use it so often just to say hello when I could just say, Hey, yeah. or hi. But when I ask, how are you doing? Like I still get in the, the habit of doing it. Yeah. Like I almost like, Hey, what's up? How are you? Yeah. Do I mean that question? Like, do I have time for him to actually answer that question for real? Well, you said be honest. So I was, I was being honest with you. I loved it. No, I loved it. And so I think like if we can actually ha use that question in a way to have this kind of conversation, especially between guys or teammates. For sure. Or boys in locker rooms, yeah. right? Then that actually actually know what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. And even if a coach were to ask you that question, he could know what's going on with you. So he could better help you perform or get out of whatever funk you're in or whatever 100 percent. like actually having an honest dialogue with someone and connecting with them on a deeper level you know gets you to know them better and for coaches out there the, the better you know your players the, the more you're going to get out of them because there's that trust there's that bond then you can you kind of know their personality traits so you know what words and what language to use some people want to be motivated by being screamed at some people yeah. want to be taken out to the side and had a one-on-one -on -one conversation like there's there's so many different things but that's the point of that question um, so I'm super glad you answered it like that. Yeah. And I'm super pumped that you're playing at University of Houston. I am too. It's I fucking am too. sick. <laughs> but my school, my alma mater, South Dakota State University, they yeah. did hit you up at one point. Yes, they didn't did. Didn't they? Yes. So they... You didn't want to fucking go there, man? What's up? <laughs> huh? They, they Sorry we don't have a million dollar me. new indoor facility or whatever you got at <laughs> Houston. We, we supply jerseys though. That is good. You don't and have to buy a, a jersey. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, anybody that would say, "Hey, you don't have to buy a jersey," I considered. So <laughs> it was uh, everything. Everything was in play for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they actually emailed me like right when Rooney called me. Super cool. It was just like literally that day, and I emailed him back and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of talking to the University of Houston, but if this doesn't work out, I'm interested." Yeah. So we kind of kept tabs a little bit, but then. The Houston thing happened almost sure. so fast. Which is sick. And I would have freaked out. It was out awesome. If I came here, we started getting to know each other, and you're like, yeah, I just committed to South Dakota State. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> uh, that's super cool. So, good. Great. Good. Now I have another question for you. Yes, sir. We talked about this a little bit the other day with Justin, who also works here. Now, you're about to be a Division One athlete. Mm -hmm. You are a Division One athlete. They just changed the rule, right, that you can make money off your name, yes, your image, and your likeness. Now, first question for you is, are you already someone who's on social media, who posts on social media, one. Two, what do you think about the whole na name, image, and likeness? Mm -hmm. And yeah, where do you see it going with you or with just the college athletics in general? Yeah, so 
I might have a little different response than other people, but uh, I do have social media. Mm -hmm. I, I post on it. Um, I I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm like any type of influencer or anything. Sure. It's, I mean, if you look at my social media page, it's like me and my girlfriend or or trips or something. Great. Or me and uh, my family. But um, showing the love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the name, image, and likeness, though, I think is huge, and I'm. 100% behind it. That's for sure. But on the flip side mm -hmm. is I can see where people get mad. Um, I can see where the average student, I can see where alumni, I can see uh, even, you know, where past baseball players or past sports athletes that just graduated, you know, they're looking back saying, you know, why now? Right. Why, why not when I was there? Sure. And, you know, you, you take a look at college nowadays, college tuition, uh, just, just the, the schoolwork now. I mean, it's, it's insane is how much, how much of a load some of these degree program, programs put on uh, people, which is, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, at least, you know, you're getting a good education. But if you think about it, it's just like you're going through, so for an athlete, it's my, I'll just give you my schedule at Hill because it's, that's the only thing I can, I can base it off of mm -hmm. truly. But I mean, my schedule at Hill was um, wake up at 5.30, run three miles at 6 a.m., yeah. uh, do team abs, then do uh, team breakfast, then go back, shower if you have time, if... Um, Go to class yep. from probably eight eight thirty until eleven. Um, barely have time to maybe you know grab a protein shake, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh, go eat lunch, and then you know basically at my school and I'm sure at almost any school, you I mean you're looked at bad if you don't show up early for early work. Right. So yeah, it's, and, uh, it's, which is a know, thing that early outs are not voluntary yeah which unless is you have, a, unless you legit have class but then you're like you should have changed your schedule because at least at my school right you mm. athletes get the first pick of classes yeah so like you could have picked it and i was like oh. anyways go yeah. ahead so yeah i mean and i and me personally it was just part of my routine so i felt like i did myself a disservice if i didn't get out there early yeah so i mean i'm out at the field practice doesn't start till one i'm out at the field at 11 45 12 and i'm taking hacks so then at JUCO, we don't have any, I mean, we have rules, but whatever. Nobody really follows those You can rules. practice as much as you want. Yeah. So we practice from basically since I get there, 11, 45, 12 until 4.35. And that's a, that's a good day. That's light. It's like, it's like, that's a light day. And then we hop in the weight room uh -huh. for about an hour. Then you're basically, I mean, I'm at a, I'm in a dorm. I don't have a kitchen or anything, right. you know, so you barely make calf, in which the cafeteria food is terrible, and I mean, I'm sure that's everywhere, yeah. but you're, you're basically just trying to survive or, you know, make like a smoothie yeah. in your dorm, something, and then, you know, from about 7.30 until 10, you're doing homework, studying. Right. So on, on that point, the reason why I bring that up is because for an athlete, I would love for somebody to tell me when I can work. I would love to. I would love to work when I'm when I'm trying to pay for school. Yeah. But you know, 
when could I? You I even had I even had friends that did Uber Eats from like eleven to like one a.m. No way. Just to make money. Just to try to get some extra oh, yeah. cash. Yeah. And so it's like, when when does a college athlete have time between being a student athlete, student first? When when do you have time to make money? So my argument to an average student not liking that rule would be that it's like you have you have a chance to do a job. The, our sport is our career. Right. Our sport is our job. Whether you want to, you know, it's fun. You're doing this. I get that. It is fun, and it's for a lot of people. It's paying for school, and so the tuition isn't really a factor. But you can help pay tuition by whatever job you choose whether that's working at freaking chipotle or whether that's you know working in a warehouse which i have friends that do that they work in warehouses to pay for college which i mean just shows the grind of what everybody has to do but that's just nowadays in my opinion it's just the the theme nowadays is people don't want to uh you know they're like well you're getting you're getting school paid for because you're an athlete that's not fair right well i'm also have a full-time job yeah you know that's my full-time job is me being athlete so you know if you're getting school paid for all i have to do is go work because if i go work now i'm putting in the exact same amount of hours that you are you're just on the field i'm in a i'm in a building yeah so but i i I get it i i get the i get the why people are mad um sure that, that could be an argument i get why the average student would be like well you know, I have to work my butt off for scholarships. I have to. I I can't sign some two million dollar deal with a cell phone company to pay for college. Well, they can. All right, they can. They can. Yeah, that's can. the thing, though. They they can. Like an athlete before the news came out could not have a YouTube channel that they monetized off of. That's true. That's could true. Not have any of those things. If I'm an engineer at University of Houston, mm-hmm. I can start a YouTube channel about engineering and I can make money off that. Well, you're 100% right. I didn't even think about so, that. So yeah. as a regular student, you can get paid for your name, image, and likeness. Always. Yeah, always. We just, there's just, like, if you go to the University of Alabama, of course, the starting quarterback is the most well-known person. Oh, yeah. And so, obviously, if he starts a YouTube channel, it blows up immediately. Oh, yeah. Right? And it's the same. I went to South Dakota State University. No one cared about our baseball team. Yeah. I'm not getting, I might go to the local ice cream shop and be like, here, Aaron. Here's, a, here's an ice cream. You had a good game last night. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I can now accept that ice cream. Yeah. That's beautiful. But I'm not going to get the $2 million Adidas contract because I played at South Dakota State. But what I can do is I can start a vlog mm-hmm. about my baseball team, 56-game season about the, about the season. And then it goes on my YouTube channel. Every single game goes on my YouTube channel. And now YouTube's like, oh, this, this fucking vlog is sick. Now this I'm going to monetize it. Now you put ads in front of it. The mm-hmm. same person who's in the business department can do that. The same person who's in the engineering department can do that. But 100%. those two people can also get investors yeah. or go do paid internships. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying it's never going to be equal. Like there's, oh, there's yeah. too many different complexities. There's too many different variables. There's too many different schools, too many different people, right? But everyone ha- what is equal is your opportunity to put yourself out there on a platform to grow. Like, I'm on social media all the time. I post every single day, and my platform is cool. Like, some people check it out, right? Yeah. Could always be bigger, right? Could always have more followers, but that's not the point. Entrepreneurship. Right. That's you working to create a successful life for yourself. Exactly. And that's what everybody should and is trying to strive for. 
Yeah. And so I think, like what you're saying, I mean, I think it's awesome that that these college athletes get a chance. Have a chance. To, you know, start that entrepreneurship a little bit earlier than the average student could. Because right. you can't. You can't start. I mean, other than... Other than making a brand that has no affiliation to your school, no affiliation to your name, nothing. Right. Other than making some kind of clothing brand, which costs money. Yeah. Um, I mean, or maybe, you know, there might be a, a couple of loopholes here and there. Sure. I mean, you can't do anything. You, you just, it's exactly. impossible. So I think that it's cool. I mean, I think that college sports are viewed as much, if not more, than pro sports. I mean, I don't even like watching pro sports, honestly. I mean, I like, I'm, my dad's from Houston. Yeah. Houston Astros were the very first baseball team I ever went and saw in person. Um, I'll always, you know, support them. But, uh, I mean, how much of a household name is Jose Altuve compared to uh, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson? Yeah. You know? Trevor Lawrence already signed a $35 million deal. Yeah. So, I mean, can you imagine these these college, especially football, because football is the biggest market in America. Yeah. But especially in football, can you imagine that these these little nine-year-old kids, you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, have you seen, you know, Kyler Murray? Have you seen Trevor Lawrence? Have you seen all these guys? And they're talking about him. They're like, he has this stat, this stat, this stat, this stat. Well, now, instead of these little kids just being able to – talk about these things watch them on tv now they get to buy his jersey yeah. with his name on it now they get to you know if he wants to make the youtube channel social media is huge especially right. for young kids right now they get to watch his youtube channel yeah and now he gets to profit off that because of his success on and off the field now i could also see the downside on aligning yourself with somebody who you know you shouldn't align with right which is a tough thing that pro athletes have to deal with anyway that's the that's the that's the point i was going to get to also is like now people are going to be really coming after oh these yeah athletes and yeah. so you really have to be smart with your decision making and your brand and who you are and like which is going to be tough right that's why it's it's it, it really comes down to who you are as a human being and what do you want that your name image and likeness to represent exactly that's why it's about a personal brand because it's who you are mm -hmm. are you about god are you about family are you about faith are you about working out are you about football like whatever whatever it is that's really down to your core you that's really have to make sure that that's what that you should be representing represent. and that's mm -hmm. what the people who are representing you uh are also about that's yes, why sir. being an entrepreneur or having the autonomy and those skills being taught in university which they should are super important because now i have the freedom to do what I want while also being of service to other people, right? Yeah. And that's really the whole point of this. So, like, I don't know. Of course, there's going to be some kinks working it out. Of course, there's going to mm. be some things that happen. There's people who will be rightfully upset and thinks that things should go in the other direction. Of course, all that's super valid. But there is good stuff yeah. to it, I think. And, we have, and people need to look at that stuff, too, and the overarching theme of, like, what it represents and, and how it can help people, like, build a life mm -hmm. did you happen to watch that movie i told you about the safety movie i haven't yeah so that's a that's another thing is if i don't know if you remember me talking to you about it but it was it's about a, a clemson like football player i forgot what position yeah. he played uh, safety the names of the movie safety. Was <laughs> yeah, okay. anyway uh basically he's just from straight poverty mm -hmm. and uh his mom was a drug addict and had to go to rehab to fix and change her life and basically his little brother he didn't want to send him to foster care and he fought the ncaa ended up 
like signing papers saying that he was uh, technically the, the legal guardian and nothing could change about him and his brother living together in this apartment. But during the movie, it's like people from the local church are helping him. Uh, the head football coach's wife is like driving the kid to school, um, stuff like that, which is all NCAA violations. It's like violation, violation, violation. And he had no idea. He just thought these people were being nice. Yeah. And he was accepting. He was like, thank you that somebody's finally helping me, helping me yeah. through this process that's, you know, life changing. And now that's okay. And now you can profit from some of those things. Maybe, maybe you could align with a church. Right. And they could help, you know, say say that's a similar situation for some kid. Maybe they can align with the church and that church can provide help. So I think that that's another awesome thing that could be, you know, I don't know if that's a loophole or not. But maybe that's, a, that, yeah. maybe that's a thing that... I don't know the ins and um, ...that could help a, a kid dramatically throughout his college life. For sure. And help his family. So, you know, I think that it has a chance to, to get people out of poverty. Yeah. Which is... Awesome. I mean, especially, you know, these uh, football players, basketball players, baseball players that, that just come out of these bad situations and yeah. bad home lives. You know, now they have a chance to sign a deal with Nike. Early, and, yeah. Yeah, and now now they're having a chance to start a whole new life and a whole new culture for their family, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, put their family down a different path. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in the space um, and where it goes and maybe getting involved with some of the companies that I have, but... We'll see. It's very, it's cool, man. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you maybe one, maybe one or two more questions. Yeah. Let's see what comes. But if, um, what, what would you, you say to someone who's kind of towing the line of like, of like thinking about their faith and maybe God, maybe some of those words mm -hmm. are like some people don't really like those words. I don't know why, but it's like the same as like believing in the universe. Or, Scary. Fear. You know, spirituality. or all the, They all mean the same thing. Yeah. Just whatever context you use them in, but they all mean the same thing. What, what, do you, what would you say to someone maybe who is thinking about, you know, learning more about it or kind of wants to dive in deeper to it? Mm -hmm. Any advice? I would say just the simple answer to that is one word. And for me, that would be help. Yeah. So... I mean, whether that's um, help from family, friends, church, but I think the simplest, most pure form of that questioning, maybe maybe you've already been to church, maybe you, you know the idea, maybe you grew up in a family, but you're questioning it, something, ask for help. Mm. I think that that's just something that you have to be willing to tell yourself, willing to accept, but also have asked for the right kind of you know courage and eyesight to be able to take the doors that are opened up but i would just say you know when i was down that low and i was i wasn't i don't think that i ever really got to a point where i was questioning my faith because i think that that's a pretty you know sturdy foundation yeah, in my life right but it's still low and it's still miserable but the biggest word that i could do is just when i was praying is say help yeah you know a, a prayer doesn't have to be you know saying like quoting all these memorized scriptures that you know um you know you have to like get down on your knees uh i don't know uh, you know face a certain direction i don't know what you do right but i think that for me 
my life and my my personal relationship with with God, in my opinion, is is just it's have a personal relationship. It's not um, you know I gotta I gotta check this, check this, check this, check this. It's I want to have my personal relationship. I want to be able to. Of course, there's you know things that I kind of like have in my mind. Like whenever I pray, I kind of like I want to. First thing I want to do is I want to thank God for the things that He's done, right, for me, but or just in general, just in general. But um, you know, I'm just I. In my opinion, it's just you have to you have to build your own salvation. So it's not necessarily whatever whatever you do to have a successful life with with your religion. It is probably not the same as what I do for my successful life. But what is the same. Is that we're both having faith in a higher being. We're right. both, um, we're both loving. Yep. Uh, the greatest of these is love. Mm-hmm. So um, that's exactly you know, right. Whenever I'm showing you love, whenever I'm showing uh, my parents love, I mean that's faith. That's God. Right. I mean that's that's the higher being that you want to believe in. Um, but I just I, I just think that it's it's not necessarily don't don't dive into the theological don't dive into the steps the check marks it's dive into you dive into that personal relationship dive into saying help dive into saying show me something yeah. like you know don't sh- lightning bolt strike down no no, no that's no. not what i'm saying but, yeah but show me you know there's always signs we just show me you know show me a way that you are helping me right something like that so i would say that's that's what i do that's the biggest thing for me and you know, I didn't come to learn that for a long time, and that was had to do with um, my mom, uh, just words of advice from her, yeah. and then also the uh, church that we go to, and that was like a, and it was actually a sermon I went to with my girlfriend, and that was like the biggest thing. It was like, God is right there. All you have to do is say, help, what, exactly. you know, whatever you need help in. You know, at least you know that you have some type of faith, some type of belief in something higher than yourself, and that 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 thing wants to help you. Exactly. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you think um, that men, boys, Mm -hmm. have a hard time asking for help? For sure. And I'm 100% guilty of that. Yeah. I mean, it's prideful, and that's... That's just how that's just how we are, you know. Like I, I want to do things on my own. I wanna, I want to take care of, you know, if my if my mom needs help with something, I want to take care of it for. Her. If my yeah. if my girlfriend needs help with something, I want to take care of it for. Her. But right. also, and I'm not just trying to say female. If my brother needs help, I want to be there for him. Right. But you know, if I need help, that's when it gets a little sticky. You know, it's like you know, I need help. Um, sometimes I. You know, you don't want to ask for it, and that's something that I've definitely, within this hard time that I went through, mm-hmm. is I've learned that you know you just got to kind of throw that out of the window. Yeah. Because, you know, how do you? It's the definition of insanity. You keep on doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. So something's got to change. Has to. And you know, that's something you might be able to take care of by yourself, maybe, but. I mean, what is it going to hurt to ask and have a separate opinion? Right. So, I mean, I think that that's something that kind of hit me during this time that we've been talking about, um, where I was I was struggling throughout the season, 
is just asking, asking for help, and it was it was kind of hard. Of course, kind of hard to to ask for help because, you know, I know I can do it. I know that I have the tools. I know that I have the the strength, the ability, but you know, something's just got to click up here. Yeah. And so once once you ask for help, and once you have all these people, this love and the support, it's like, boom, something clicks. Boom, and it so, leads you where you should be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody does anything great alone, right? No, for sure. But it's like in, it's like individual in your efforts, right? You have to actually put in the work. Yeah. Like every day, constantly making a commitment to yourself. But then support and guidance and help are all necessary tools in your toolbox when you're committing to yourself and committing then something larger than yourself, which is, you know, what we all should be striving for, like that that big that big purpose that kind of pushes us forward you know yes, every sir. single day yeah. right so yeah great great thank you feel good yeah i feel great you have any last minute thoughts questions comments concerns oh i did want to touch on something when you were talking about claiming scripture yeah it reminded me about how i teach confidence to my some of my clients mm -hmm. and it's very very similar and so it's just about what words what like what phrasing like if you don't like the word prayer try meditation same exact thing yeah right if you don't like faith talk about spirituality if you don't like the word god you have a weird relationship with that talk about the universe and it's the same thing with you claiming scripture mm -hmm. i was thinking about oh that's exactly how i talk about confidence to my athletes it's like confidence isn't solely based on your past experiences like yeah. you get a little bit of confidence from your past success sure mm -hmm. but it's mostly about how you speak to yourself and when you were telling me about some of the, the scriptures that you've claimed about victory and success, I'm saying, those are the exact statements that I want to be telling myself maybe when I'm going into something challenging or maybe when I'm having a hard day or maybe when I wake up or maybe when I'm praying or maybe when I'm going into AB. It's the same kind of confident, tangible, real things that we say to ourselves that, that lift our spirits up and give us that kind of edge it is an edge right because a lot, exactly, a lot yeah. of people aren't focusing on their mental right so it is actually an edge and so i yeah i wanted to make that comparison that's kind of all all these things are interconnected they're all very similar it's just mm -hmm. like what words do you use that resonate with you yeah and that's i think that's exactly right i mean that's like i, I told you not too long ago that's something that i've also recently learned and it's just, um, it's become huge in my family. And it's funny if you think about these things because it's like, um, this is taking it to another kind of side, but it's sure. like, think about how many times a day, you know, especially, I'm gonna just put it in a baseball's perspective since we're, we're playing baseball. Yeah. You take a bad swing, you go, I suck. Uh-huh. Or, you, you know, you're cussed, you're like, you're like, you know, whatever, just saying, like, why, do I, why am I bad? I'm so bad, that kind of thing. Or um, you're maybe you're, uh, you're not the best reader, and you're like, if somebody asks you if you like to read, you're like, no, I, I suck at reading. Right. You're just constantly re. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like uh, reaffirming mm -hmm. the fact that you suck at reading. Mm -hmm. So how do you expect to get better at reading when you're constantly? Your mind is telling your body. Your mind is telling your spirit that you suck at something when you don't. Right. And so it's just like, uh, and it's just, it's things like that, that, little things that you don't even realize you're saying throughout the day that's like just these negative blows 
to your own to your own spirit to your own body to your own mind and I, it's really made me more aware mm-hmm. of what I'm saying because you know sometimes um, or even if you talk bad about somebody you know like you're talking bad about somebody else playing baseball I don't know how he's going there he right. sucks you know why look at you know don't look at the the speck in another person's eye look at the needle in your own eye like mm-hmm. that, that and that more scripture right but um it's just these things that we say it's just it's just force of habit for some reason we love to talk bad about ourselves we love to i mean it's just easy if somebody is fat they're like oh yeah i'm fat which is fine and it's it's it's, it's, it's an offense mechanism to start right so no one else is going to attack them for the things they already say exactly but it's just like all these things, it's like negative, 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 yep. negative. And it's something that I've really enjoyed and it's a, a great thing that I've I've switched because mm-hmm. I'm really aware of what I say now. Yeah. And like I said, it's um, the scriptures that I claim, it's like Second Samuel 8, 6, it's uh, I have victory wherever I go. It's something super easy. And you know, whether you, you like scripture, whether you don't like scripture, but I really liked what you said about the mental reps. I mean, it's just like working out. You have to take mental reps. and have to. I, I asked you about that because I didn't quite understand what you meant by mental repetitions. But now that you explained it to me and you have to, you sit down and you think. So like now when I shower in the morning, I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. I've been taking mental reps in my opinion. Yeah. It's like not only am I visualizing success, I'm also telling myself I'm successful. I'm telling myself I'm prosperous. And it's like these these other YouTube channels that I watch and these books that I read, it's like that's the difference between the people that are successful and the people that aren't yeah. is they manifest it. They it's believe it. They meditate on it. Shift. It's a quick percent. And that doesn't mean that you have to be cocky about it. That no. doesn't mean I walk around and I'm like, I'm better than you. That kind of thing. It just means that in my, in my being, in my heart, in my mind, I'm telling myself that I'm these great things. And right. so if your your mind's a powerful thing, man. If oh, you man. if you if you tell yourself that you're good at these things and you truly just keep on repeating it, whether you truly believe it or not, it's gonna happen. It's gonna you're going to end up believing it. Yeah. You know, if I tell myself I'm a great hitter, which I do in the mornings now, I'm like, man, I'm a great hitter. I'm Let's a great go, hitter. Baby. I have this feel all the time. Like, cause I once I, I have this I can visualize right now this this feel that it's like right here and it's smooth. And whenever I'm hitting good, I feel it. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, I want this feeling all the time. Right. You know, if I can just feel that all the time. So now in the mornings when I shower, I'm just like, you know, where's that feel? I visualize it. I can see it. I can feel it. And uh, then I, you know, claim those scriptures over over myself, over my life. And I think that that's just, that's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. Um, and I, I just think that it's something that society is doesn't know about i didn't know about it i mean it's not a common way of thinking it's not a common way of of uh, a thought process exactly so. yeah i think that's exactly why the people that have now have these kinds of mindsets these kinds of perspectives these kinds of outlook on life have usually come from a they came from a low spot yeah like something was really bad they were struggling or something tragic happened or they had trauma and there was really nothing for else for them to do except for them to change the way they view things, think about their mind, think about their outlook. And that's why the people who talk about this stuff so much about the power of the mind and manifestation and 
the way you look at life, have so much compassion for people who don't look at it that way yet mm -hmm. because they know that those people are going through something yeah. and it hasn't yet clicked yet that they need this kind of thing in their life that's going to uh, bring them out of what they're struggling with. It's going to give them the higher power, the faith. It's truly a powerful thing. And I mean, so I think that's, yeah. that's where we're at. I think that's a good. I think that's a good stopping point. That is. You got yeah. any closing remarks, thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, funny stories? <laughs> no, just thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Love talking to you. Yeah, man, that was awesome. We'll keep on working on everything. Yeah. When this episode drops, when do you go back to school? Uh, probably August like tenth. So this will be pretty close because we're in July. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. So this episode will drop right around the time you go to school. Perfect. So all my all my fans will be cheering you on at fucking University of Houston. Awesome. Getting ready to get after it. Heck yeah. Also, check out my man's hat, yeah. right? Boom. Shop4everybody.com. Thanks. Yeah. A little promotional material. But uh, <laughs> if you watch this and you liked it, share it with a friend. Maybe share it with someone who, who might be struggling, might need a little something to uplift them or share it with a baseball player. Um, but uh, appreciate you watching. Thank you. And uh, good luck to Kate. Yeah. Thank you for having me.